0: This is the Holy Gospel according to Luke. And there will be strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And here on earth, the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up. Your salvation is near. Then he gave them this illustration. Notice the fig tree or any other tree. When the leaves come out, you know without being told that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you can know that the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth: this generation will not pass from the scene until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware like a trap, for that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. This is the gospel of the Lord. I'm going to teach you a song. Uh, Actually, I don't think I'm teaching it to you. I think y'all sung it last week. Uh, So that's cool. Uh, I'm going to remind you of a song. Uh, We sing this at the Edge House. Uh, I'm going to say, do you feel the world is broken? And the last note that I sing, that's your note. So that's easy. Uh, And presumably, if you agree with that question, if you feel the world is broken, then your answer is we do, right? So I would say, do you feel the world is broken? And you say, we do. Perfect. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? We do. Do you wish that you could see it all made new? It's lower. We do. Good. Four more questions, different answer. Presumably it is, if you agree. Is all creation groaning? It is, is a new creation coming? It is, is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst? It is, is it good that we remind ourselves of this? It is. So I think it's fitting that uh, I decided to use that song in my sermon, and you did it last week. Uh, Because last week was the end of the church year, and this week is the beginning of the church year. And if you think of that Alpha Omega cycle, that makes total sense. Now, since 2009, this Luke reading that I read uh, has been scheduled for the first Sunday of Advent five times, and I have preached on it four times. (laughs) This odd, apocalyptic, discomforting, weird speech from Jesus, who is In this part, sort of scary, kind of off putting, kind of not really encouraging. Throwback to 2009, the first Advent that I preached on it, and the first Advent that I was here, rereading that sermon, I could preach it again today, almost verbatim. I won't. Almost. (laughs) Scripture hasn't changed, our fears haven't changed. The hope that this weird Jesus offers hasn't changed either. And believe you me, he is one weird dude. But some of the flavor of our fear and our hope has changed. I began that sermon by saying, I am afraid of the dark. And I very much still am. I was talking to Kevin last night about this. Um, Literally, when my husband is out of town, I sleep not just with a light on in my bedroom, I have lights on in every room in the house because it makes me feel safer. (laughs) I don't know. And I'm 44. I've been afraid of the dark since before I can remember. And I I obviously haven't ever really shaken that. I still kind of panic a little bit when I fumble for a light switch in the dark. Um, Used to be when I was a kid and I would run up the steps from a light room, or I guess from a dark room into a light room, I would like wave my hand behind me to like wipe away the monsters that were chasing me or whatever. And coming into this church at night by yourself, not fun. Not fun. Um, When my dad was in seminary, we went to the Great Vigil every uh, Easter Sunday, very early in the morning, like 5 o'clock in the morning. It was pitch black outside. We would gather around in the cold morning air outside. They would light a blazing campfire to symbolize the light of Christ who pierces the darkness. But to me, just put up this thin bubble between us and the dark. It seems like that darkness is all around this time of year. It gets so dark now in this non-daylight savings time. I feel like I'm a comedian. Hey, it gets so dark, right? And we have seasonal affective disorder, right? I was driving back from Louisville the other day at 6.30 p.m., and it was, it was like midnight. <laughs> it's like, what is, what is happening? Sometimes we feel inescapably sad and mopey and unmotivated in this darkness for no good reason. Many of us remember loved ones who have died near the holidays, and we can't contain our grief. And it's Christmas, or almost. This week, as I said, we step into a new year, into Advent, the beginning of a church year, into a season of waiting and uncertainty. Our new year begins in darkness like that Easter vigil, and we light this one little candle. It was real flamey when I lit it. It's real tiny now. It doesn't seem like it really helps. Where are the mag lights that will flood the room with light and we can use to smack down the monsters? Maybe you don't believe in monsters anymore. I think you do. They're drunk drivers, they're communicable disease. That was a direct quote from the previous sermon communicable disease. They're poverty, they're not being able to take care of our kids, their rejection and decline, their other nations, and the people who come here from those other nations. The monsters in our heads are people we put in prison to keep them away. Or they're people who we don't think got what they deserved. They are ingrained racism or whatever else you see out in the world. They are our whole system. Even the conversations that we have around some of these hard things can feel monstrous to us. Sometimes we try to talk about these systemic issues and it feels like we're in darkness and we can't see the way. The monster you fear in the dark could be your own sinfulness could be just as much those who have wounded you with their sin we're all wounded that way maybe the darkness that your path enters is doubt how true is the christian story what difference did jesus make anyway or am i living it the right way the holiday cheer this Advent and Christmas can feel like a veneer. We all want to find deeper meaning this time of year in the darkness, and sometimes we find it, and sometimes we don't. It's a term that was used in a New York Times article this past spring. I may have said this before, it just really resonates with me. To describe our collective uncertainty, this culture, and our attempts and failures to become whatever normal means, we're languishing. Languishing. It just feels right. I mean, it doesn't feel right. I don't want it, but you know what I mean. It feels accurate. It doesn't help that we have this apocalypse as our gospel reading today. This New Year's Day, Jesus talks about confusion and distress and foreboding and fear. He says we can only pray to escape the things that are coming not stop them so what are we supposed to do with that some christians say we are right to live in fear that at any moment calamity could fall upon us that god's judgment is only a blink of an eye away that the time of darkness and pain and war is coming and i would say if you think that's not already happening you're not paying attention it's more than evil that we fear because that is all around It's uncertainty. Finding our way in the dark fills us with fear because we can't see the way. It's hard because it's dark. We don't know which path to choose because we can't see where they lead. I have a couple of students who are in a new and deeply loving relationship. They are good communicators with each other as well, being vulnerable with each other, Trying to be honest as they can with what they want and what they need. Trying to be present with each other. Then there's the question of what to do next. what, What jobs will they have? What schooling? What city? Coming out to their families. How to stay together through all of this? It's common enough stuff for most committed relationships. How do we walk this path together? But muddy The path before them is dim, and this one candle doesn't seem like enough. This present darkness, as Paul wrote in the Ephesians, is terrifying, and the darkness is here now. But you know what else is here now? You know I like that word, but. The commonwealth of God is here now call the kingdom, the kinship, the joy of resurrection and redemption and peace and belonging is here now. And again, I say, if you think it's not, you're not paying attention. Jesus says, when these things begin to take place, stand up, raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Stand up. Raise your heads. Your redemption is drawing near because these apocalyptic events, these overwhelming moments in your lives, the muddiness, the uncertainty, they're a sign that something new is coming. They don't exist by themselves, but they're intermingled with hope. Those early Easter mornings years ago, we kids would we little kids <laughs> would fall asleep in the pews inside the chapel the adults would continue with the interminable readings from salvation history. And at dawn, we woke to the sun streaming in the tall stained glass windows. And even then, I was overcome with joy and renewal and felt that something very good had pushed away the dark. Just the other week... um, I was in my regular Friday meditation with a couple of students, and we decided to do a 20-minute silent sit, 20 minutes silent. And I was, just for a moment, overcome with the vision of the Edge House, of all of our students past and present, and the feeling, not just emotional, but, but like literal, physical, of this is good I don't want to over spiritualize that I didn't actually hear real words from like a Morgan Freeman style voice of God that is God's voice by the way (laughs) but that moment that gestalt of silence and vision and experience of goodness it felt like a gift I felt that divine hope renewed and the darkness pushed away again just for a moment. When have you felt that hope? When have you been delighted or relieved recently? That's God lighting your path. When have you reached out to someone who was hurting? Or when has someone reached out to you when you were hurting? That's God lighting your path. We like to think the world is all darkness, but that's that's too easy. It's too easy to complain, to focus on the misery. Seeing hope isn't easy. It doesn't negate the fear, but it does offer us a way forward. How do we find our way in the darkness? We reach out. We fumble for the hand of the person next to us. We hold on to someone else. We drop our sermon pages. (laughs) We strike a match. We light a candle. We prepare ourselves for works of kindness. We stand up and raise our heads and pay attention, says Jesus. We listen to the stories that follow when someone says, I'm hurting. Please help. Open your eyes and wait to see the coming of the Christ child because in him the light is intermingled in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. Anyone who's paying attention knows that the flowers and the fruit follow the new leaves. Anyone who's paying attention knows that birth follows the labor pains. Anyone who is paying attention knows that apocalypse is not the end, it is a signal of a new beginning. is a new creation coming is the glory of the lord to be the life within our midst is it good that we remind ourselves of this